today we answer the question, have you seen Moneyball? Hey, welcome to episode number two of the Corn Revolution podcast. This is your host, Matt Breckwald. Today we're interviewing Ryan Myers, the United States Corn Category Lead. We're going to get an overview of a decade-long series of changes at Pioneer, what predictive analysis is, and we're going to talk about the significance of Chrome. Coming right up for you, right now. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Matt. If you could, could you start off by just introducing yourself to us and tell us what you do here at Pioneer? I'm Ryan Myers. I'm the U.S. Corn Product Manager. Uh, in layman's terms, essentially, uh, I take products from three years pre-commercial through full life cycle, understand their, their plus and minuses, uh, and build a strategy for our company to, to link that to uh, farmers as well as consumers uh, and make sure that uh, everybody understands what it, what's going on. Well, tell us about you. So did you grow up in agriculture or how did you get involved in all of this? I did grow up in agriculture, but uh, not specifically row crop. A little bit of row crop on the farm I grew up on, but we were we were largely livestock producers uh, on a small farm, and it it uh, was a little bit of a strange path. Uh, I had some things happen when I was when I was young and in college. Uh, I found myself working uh, through summers and part time uh, through fertilizer plants, a local co op. And uh, really just started falling in love uh, with row crop production, uh, corn and soybeans specifically in southwest Iowa. Uh, from there, it just really took off for me. I like, uh, I like the on-farm experimentation, uh, learning hands-on, the trial and error side. And then every year, you know, you're always trying to take, uh, take your cropping to a new level. And so the ability to experiment and then try to achieve something uh, that you haven't every single year uh, really fascinates me and, and the ability and, and understanding that to work with growers who get to put in, you know, maybe 30, 35 crops in their entire lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, how serious and passionate they are about it uh, and really wanting to become better and better and uh, match that enthusiasm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So I've really enjoyed those relationships over the years with with producers. You know, that's a great way to put it. And I've I've heard that said maybe once or twice, but I've never really, it's never impacted me the way you just said it. But a producer... Or grower, they get thirty, thirty-five opportunities in a lifetime, and then that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. So a lot of pressure every year. You wanna you wanna avoid failures at all costs, and uh, you know see how far you can raise the bar because you just don't get very many chances to do it. Uh, it's not like really any under, any other industry out there where you know thirty days later you may try something different uh, and expect a new result. You got to wait a full year uh, to get your next your next at bat. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, there's so many producers who love this lifestyle. They absolutely love agriculture. They love farming. But uh, it's it can be it can be a difficult business to remain sustainable in. So they're looking for every edge they can find uh, just to be able to do it again the next year. Absolutely. And I've I've yet to come across a farmer anywhere uh, who wasn't just passionate about what they were trying to accomplish as farmer, but really wanted to pass it on to the generation behind them. Uh, whether that's family or not. So, you, you know, you think about those type of pressures, how important it becomes to them uh, and how serious that is. You, you can't help but want to get better along with them. Know that someday maybe a son or daughter might be taking over the operation or a young neighbor person, and, and then they'll be passing on to somebody else uh, in another lifetime for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up some good points. I mean, 
the pride uh, in terms of what you're able to do with your crop. And then the responsibility, especially these days, knowing where population growth is growing and and what we're doing and what's coming towards us. And then, of course, uh, wanting to carry on those traditions, it means means a lot. Absolutely. Uh, You think about consumer awareness, uh, the things that they're after. You know, they want want better food and and more of it uh, as rapidly as we can produce it. Uh, Farmers themselves, uh, more stress on every acre, need more out of every single acre. Uh, And anytime you, you ask for more, uh, you know, that opens up the, the probability that something could potentially go wrong. And so being able to predict that on the front side, be able to, to look at what you're doing and, uh, and try to maximize and, and prevent failures uh, at all costs in every corner is, is critical to, to everybody's success. It's, it's key to the consumer, it's key to the farmer, uh, and it's key to our success as well. Well, that's a perfect segue to ask you about the corn revolution. So what is the corn revolution? So the corn revolution is it's it's about it's about science uh, and starting with science and, and understanding uh, what consumers demand. Uh, it's about what producers are trying to do. Uh, it's about taking the technology we have available uh, to us um, and literally simulating hundreds of thousands of growing seasons uh, on a hybrid to. To figure out uh, the likelihood of a positive customer experience, uh, that being the farmer. Um, you think about it, we've been a company for a little over 90 years, and yet we can simulate hundreds of thousands of growing seasons uh, to, predict, to predict outcomes. Uh, it's science about um, understanding hundreds of thousands of inbreds every single year and which ones we want to select uh, that are worthy of moving forward and eventually becoming an, or landing in a, a pioneer bag. Uh, and and sorting out only the best of the best to get into that. So why now? Why now for the corn revolution? Why not 25 years ago? Why now? Um, you know, I don't know exactly why I would say right now, but if I had to really dig into it, uh, I would say six, seven years ago, we really took a good look at ourselves and said, are we the best that we can possibly be? Are we doing this as efficiently as we can? Are there new processes we need to bring in uh, to be better? Uh, are we only achieving uh, the two bushels of average uh, genetic gain uh, that's out there? And the last thing we wanted to be uh, was average. And so we started investing uh, aggressively in our breeding program. Uh, we took the, the world's most comprehensive and robust uh, genetic engine and, and we made it bigger. We made it more efficient. We made it faster. And uh, the revolution, I would say, is, is right now is because uh, we're at the tip of the spear, and it's just starting to, to come into the industry, and it's just starting to be real uh, for the people that are going to be planting it in their fields. Well, when you say revolution, I mean, obviously, it conjures up images of massive change, the American Revolution, the, the French Revolution, whatever you want to refer back to. So what is the massive change we're going to be seeing? It's some, make no mistake, it, it is a revolution. It's, it's not an evolution. People talk about the differences between the two. And when I think of it, I, I see a departure from Pioneer uh, as our normal attitude, uh, us pushing ourselves, us taking pride in being uh, the, this, the U.S.-owned seed company uh, that we are producing for U.S. farmers, and we take that very, very seriously. Uh, I see us um, being more open and communicating uh, what we're going to do 
openly and then doing what we're going to communicate. So it's not just about raising yield. It's being more consistent on every single acre uh, and making sure that we get uh, as many bushels as we can through the throw of the combine uh, every year for farmers. So when we talk about the impact on farmers, the, the, the change or the enhancement that farmers should expect is going to be yield, yield per acre, bushels per acre. Well, that's going to be that's going to be one component of it. Uh, you think about uh, the yield; that's going to be great. We're going to continue pushing that at a at a pace that uh, few, if anybody, uh, can keep up with. But it's about making sure that that plants stand up, that we can continue increasing populations, uh, keep those plants upright, make sure it's harvestable yield, uh, not just yield, because there's a difference between the two. It's pretty easy to. Uh, to just focus strictly on yield from a corn breeding perspective and end up with a spindly plant that you, that you can't harvest. We want this to go through the throw of the combine uh, and, and be something that you, can, that you can count on, that you look at from your kitchen window uh, and feel good about what you have out there and sleep easy at night. How is science the basis of all this? Well, everything uh, in farming is, is essentially, and really in our lives, is, is a beta test uh, for the next thing. So uh, whether it's the cell phone that I carry in my pocket on a daily basis that tomorrow I'm going to get an update, an upgrade, uh, to do something, do something different with. Um, if we're not constantly utilizing data and lots and lots of it uh, to continually getting better uh, and utilizing that data to create uh, new ways of breeding plants or new ways of testing plants uh, and really new ways of managing plants and helping our customers, customers manage these products, uh, we're going to fail. So it really all starts with the science. Um, and again, we are, we are blessed. I'm blessed to wake up every day uh, in my dream job and understand that uh, the, the breeding engine that sits just across the street from, uh, from where I work is, is uh, utilizing that science to build better products. And it makes my job a lot easier, certainly. Uh, but it, it does a lot to, to help farmers produce more as well. I want to ask you some more about the farmer really quick. Uh, so the, the end user who's putting it in their field. So they've been, you know, farmers over year, over the years, they've been promised a lot of things. Uh, a lot of them have worked out. Some of them haven't. Uh, in terms of what Pioneer is doing with the corn revolution and the farmer who is going to be, uh, they're going to be investing that year's operating budget into Pioneer Seed, how is that going to impact their bottom line? So I think about it in knowing, uh, if you think about an investment strategy and understanding most likelihood of payoff, if you look at what we're doing from a science perspective, uh, I'll start you out and say, think of a funnel. Okay. Uh, and the more that you put in the top end, um, the more the likelihood that something comes out the bottom end of that funnel uh, that's useful. So you're testing more things, you're putting more through it, you're using predictive analytics uh, to select the very best of the best. In fact, we're utilizing uh, 16x the amount of material in the top of that funnel to breed with uh, than we were just a few years ago. Uh, on its way through that funnel, uh, you find the testing. And uh, we've moved to, to two-year impact testing to make sure that we take year effects out, uh, make sure that these hybrids are tested under all kinds of situations uh, and done that. And we're actually testing 8x of what we used to be as well. So if I'm a farmer saying, hey, who do I need to invest my money on? Who can I count on? 
Uh, I really want to look at the company that's investing heavily in R&D, that's putting 16 times the amount of material on top of the funnel because we're working smarter with science and analytics, and then the company that's trying to break it and test it uh, 8x uh, more, more stringently than we were just a few years ago. And that's the, that's the company I want to partner with, and that's the company that we want to be. So help me here. <laughs> Predictive analytics, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Moneyball. I have. And uh, so you think about how, how they built the baseball team in Oakland. It wasn't just about, uh, hey, this, this is the heaviest hitter. This is the one that's going to hit it out of the park. Uh, they had a certain amount of budget. They understand, hey, this is the team that's going to work best together. Uh, it wasn't just about the, you know, having that one specific player playing that one specific position. It was, you know, how well does my shortstop work with, work with my second baseman and then how does that work in my batting order, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot the same thing when you think about corn. Uh, which, which, which inbred is going to work best uh, with which inbred uh, to maximize our output and make sure that we have, have the very best products coming through our pipeline, through that, through that funnel we talked about earlier. Okay, but the A's still haven't won a World Series since Billy Bean went there. Well, they, they, they probably uh, don't deserve it just based on the talent pool. I'm a Royals fan, so you know, I'll throw a little, bit of, a little bit of shade at them. But they've probably exceeded expectations in a lot of circumstances where uh, you know, others aren't. And lo and behold, uh, people started copying them, right? Yeah. Uh, the most sincere, sincere form of, uh, of flattery is, is being copied. And uh, lo and behold, the Red Sox, the Cubs, all the others uh, with the money start copying them. So... Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit like that for us, too. All right. Well, I love getting a baseball reference in anytime. You bet. Absolutely. Now, you know, just over the course of my my career and my involvement in agriculture, um, you hear a lot about science, you hear a lot about studies, uh, but a lot of the farmers that I know they want to see the results right there in their own fields. They want to, they want to be able to prove those studies for themselves. Um, so what does Pioneer do to, to give them some reassurance that this isn't all just proven in a lab? We test and we breed locally, which is a lot different than what most people say. And when I say locally, I'm not talking locally to us. I'm talking locally uh, to the farmer. I'm talking about breeding locations uh, scattered uh, not only throughout the U.S., but across the globe. Uh, I'm talking about uh, testing um, all over all over the U.S. Uh, they're probably as close to a pioneer uh, testing location as they are uh, to a local convenience store. They just don't know it. Uh, so if you think about all the thousands and thousands and thousands of farmers that we work with, uh, there's literally tests uh, all the way through those growers, uh, whether they're they're designed, and most of them are. Uh, or not designed, and we have key learnings right there in the field, and a grower has a situation where maybe they've had something happen and need answers. We learn from all of those things. So all of those things are tests to us that we record uh, and we follow back up on and take into account as we take our next step forward. Well, let's use that as an example really quick. So how could you possibly test for, for every potential environment? How, how do you guys accomplish that? So remember when I started, I said we literally start every single growing season with hundreds of thousands of inbreds. And then we use predictive analytics to say inbred A and inbred Z, those are the ones we need to work with and those need to go together. And so we we can use predictive analytics to say those are the ones that I want to start with. I also mentioned that we we can simulate hundreds of thousands of growing seasons. We've only been a company for a little over 90 years. Now we can simulate those hundreds of thousands of growing seasons and predict 
the likelihood of a positive customer experience. So if we can utilize those things from a science perspective before we ever get out the door and start testing, that really, really narrows down the likelihood uh, that we're going to be successful. And so we, we start there, and then we push the envelope until it's in the customer's hands. Okay. Now, for someone who's never been here, who's never seen this facility or had the benefit of a tour like I had, can you explain to them how you're able to replicate all these growing seasons so rapidly? Uh, it's hard to paint a visual without actually going through here. You know, we have greenhouses that we're constantly testing things on, stressing things in uh, from drought. Uh, we're utilizing com- uh, computer analytics and what we know, uh, testing back and, and the lineage of specific hybrids and, and utilizing that to predict future outcomes. So really, it's a, it's a balance between um, the predictive analytics like we talked, uh, as well as testing in a greenhouse. And then you saw the farm, uh, outside farm right there beside the greenhouses, and then taking them out there and testing them and, and breaking them as well. And then beyond that, taking them really across the U.S., uh, planting them in trial fields and uh, seeing, seeing what we can do. We, we test hybrids from, uh, you know, 16, 17, 18,000 plants per acre up to 40, uh, 40,000 plus, 42,000 plus plants per acre, uh, trying to understand just response in all environments. So uh, we're going to do everything we can to expose a hybrid before we ever put it out there so we know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the the farm, the out the outdoor testing area uh, just across the road here, but you've got a center pivot over there, which I did not expect to find when I got to Iowa. I find those all over the West, uh, but did not expect to find that. But obviously you're you're wanting to make sure that you can can you can control for lack of water, I guess. Yeah, we want to be able to control for, for every single environment. Uh, sometimes, quite honestly, we just want it to be pretty over there. So when we have guests like you come through and tour, we can impress you more. But we want to be able to simulate all growing seasons possible. And so having irrigation as part of that setup uh, is, is pretty critical. Some years we run it, some years we don't. Uh, but we want to make sure that if we need to do it, uh, we can. Let me ask you about you for a second. So the corn revolution, why is this important to you? Well, I am a, first and foremost, I'm a competitive person. Uh, I like to see things done that have never been done, uh, whether, whether it's in athletics, watching professional athletes do things they've never done uh, and get to say, you know what, I was there. I was part of it. I had my hands on it uh, to see record yields that farmers are having. Uh, and I can go out and work closely with a farmer. Uh, I sat with one a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was sitting with his father. He said, you know what, Dash, here's a certificate on my wall uh, from, it was from 1999. I got a certificate for 200 bushel corn on one way check, uh, one part of one field, and was honored that way. Uh, fast forward, uh, and here we are in, in uh, 2019 now, and uh, the farm average uh, for that entire grower was about 215. So you talk about things that have never been done. Uh, if I get to wake up and come in and be be one member of the team that puts my hands on something that's never been done uh, within the history of our company or maybe in the history of agriculture for farmers when it comes to corn, uh, that's pretty exciting. I want to I want to see how far we can go. I want to push the envelope, uh, and I don't I don't just want to raise the bar two, three, four, five bushels. Uh, I think we need to think about about ten, twelve, thirteen bushel differences than where we're at and how fast that we can we can deliver that. So. Uh, to wake up with that mentality and work with the fantastic people I do who, who are like-minded with that drive, uh, it just doesn't get any better. 
Well, now I know where the uh, baseball reference came from. That yeah. competitive part. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> told me earlier before we mic'd you up that you were excited about some good news. Chrome, what is that? So Chrome, Chrome's part of the revolution, uh, and and this is a is a big big deal. Not uh, not just for us, but but for farmers. Uh, Chrome is the most optimized corn rootworm event that we've we've ever had. Uh, it's about uh, corn rootworm efficacy efficacy and uh, and controlling corn rootworm. But it's also about balancing that with genetics and making sure we deliver uh, max, maximum genetic potential. It's about really balancing those two things. Uh, we've been able to do it. It's unlocked um, almost 2x the amount of germplasm that we're, we were able to utilize uh, really just 12 months ago in some places. And so when you think about um, that genetic engine and what we bring to the table to go to the to that corn rootworm that rotated acre and say you know what instead of instead of half of our germplasm uh, really working in in this trait that that you really need on your operation to be successful we now have ninety two percent so it's not just about the trait being better a better version of what we had before it's about opening up that genetic funnel and really pouring it uh, pouring it through there and making sure that uh, we have uh, the best products out there and we can we can dig deeper than we've ever been able to dig before. Well, let me ask you about Pioneer. So is the goal here, is it, is it purely profit or is there more to it? No, nah, it's about partnership. Uh, it's, about, it's about farmers farming land. I talked to you earlier about uh, the fact that I've never, never yet come across a farmer uh, who part of their passion wasn't to pass it on to the next generation. Uh, you look at our sales agencies and we've had those passed, uh, passed from, from Pioneer rep to Pioneer rep. Uh, they take a lot of pride in those. They they love being part of the community. They, they love being the local expert. They love having a business in a small town that's not going anywhere, that's not leaving for the big city or, or things along those lines. And so really it's about partnering. We talked about the consumer. That's about partnering with the producer. It's about partnering uh, with our sales reps. Uh, and it's about partnering with these communities and staying anchored there, uh, not just for the last 90 years that we've done it, but for the next 90 is too. Uh, we're going to plant our flag and we're going to keep doing it. I want to ask you about the definition of success here at Pioneer. So what would that be? I mean, if, if everything stopped tomorrow, if there was a, if there was actually an end point to all this, if there was a way to say, okay, we've reached where we're trying to reach, what would that be? Literally the toughest question you've asked me so far there. Uh, so, so thanks for that. Um, you asked what the end point I don't see one. Uh, I see endless possibility um, for us. I think about I think about the goal of that uh, and what we are as a company. I think it's I think it's improving the relationship between the consumer and the producer. I think it's our role in helping feed the world responsibly, uh, helping you know minimize the carbon footprint, do it efficiently uh, with with again the best help create the best food source uh, possible. Um, I don't see an end game. I think that um, it's going to continue to evolve for us, but uh, it's definitely being the trusted partner by both the farmer uh, and the consumer as well to be the company, the go-to company. That's what we want to do. That's who we want to be. All right, Ryan. Well, let me ask you this. Some farmers think Pioneer is their grandfather's seed company. Did Pioneer give them any reason to think that? 
Yeah, I think we have. Um, I think, uh, again, I went to the point uh, earlier that everything is a beta test for everything, for the next thing. Uh, we have a generation of customers, of farmers, uh, taking over the keys of the operation, taking over the checkbook, um, that have exposure to information uh, like nobody else we've ever dealt with. Uh, growers who have every piece of data literally at their fingertips. It's on their phone. It's on their laptops. It's, it's everywhere they're at. Um, uh, more and more farmers, uh, as I've grown up, the parents have pushed them uh, to, you know what, you can come back to the family farm, but we want you to go to college first. So if you think about the push for education, you think about uh, the information and, and the form of, of how it's coming to farmers, uh, it's more rapid than ever. In fact, I could probably tell a farmer something today and tomorrow, uh, it might be out of date. Information moves that fast. And so trying to keep up with that uh, as well as maintain, hey, we're the company that, that really started it all. Uh, we're here. We've held your hand. It's been about service all those years. Uh, and we've, we've hung our hat on that. Uh, in some instances, I think we have allowed other companies to mimic us, to imitate us, to take that same message and make it redundant within the industry. And maybe we haven't reacted. And that's the spark that probably lit the revolution. Those are the things that I looked at as a person, uh, as a member of the team who said, you know, we have to change. We have to be different uh, because we are, and we need to own our space. Uh, we haven't always talked about the genetic engine sitting across the street. We've been really humble about that. And we're sitting with a generation right now that wants to understand what's driving it. It's not just the sales are out, out there. There's got to be more than I really like my sales rep. They do so much for me, uh, but it can't just be about that. I want to know what you have. And so we started thinking about this, and we have to get a new identity. We have to be more aggressive. We have to communicate uh, what we're going to do, and then we have to follow through on it. And we have a, a differentiator that I wake up and, and look at every single day, and it's that germ germplasm, that breeding engine that sits across the street. It's the one that can't be duplicated. And uh, you know what? People need to know it. They deserve to know it. And uh, with what we've done within this industry, I think it's our opportunity to share it uh, and then prove it as these hybrids are injected into the industry. So, Ryan, is is the revolution, is it just about genetics and breeding, or does it include more than that? Uh, it's more than that. It's uh, It starts with genetics uh, and breeding. It starts with science. Uh, but it's about a culture. It's about a mind shift. It's about a whole different way of doing business. It's about, uh, you know, waking up, getting our entire team uh, on the same page, moving the same same direction, uh, locked arm in arm. Um, if we get the whole Pioneer Army moving in the same direction together, um, it's going to be fantastic for us uh, and and for the farmer as well. Um, so it's it's much deeper than than just uh, just the genetic side of it. Uh, it's really about a whole whole different way of doing business. Uh, it's about confidence. It's about being being there and creating something different uh, that can't be duplicated. It's about being original, and uh, we're going to do that. One last question on that: What do you want farmers? What do you want salespeople? What do you want in consumers to get? from this podcast, from your ability to be here and to speak to them all at once? I think it's about uh, 
taken a look at us through a, through a different lens, take a look at Pioneer through a different lens. Maybe you've had a judgment or a perception uh, in some form or fashion, but maybe this is about, uh, to some, uh, one, having confidence in the company you've been doing, with, doing business with, uh, and for others, maybe it's about looking at us from a different lens, a clean slate, a non, you know, a non-biased lens and saying, you know what, things are different there. Things are changing uh, at Pioneer. They've got products. They're utilizing new technologies and breeding. Uh, they've got people doing different things. They are adjusting uh, to a changing agricultural world, uh, and they're going to do it rapidly at a pace that I need. So uh, it's looking at us through a different lens and uh, giving us a good honest evaluation. Well, Ryan, this has been great. I really do appreciate your time, all the information and your transparency. Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Join me next week for episode three of the Corn Revolution podcast when I talk to Neil Haas, North American Corn Product Manager for Pioneer. We dive into agronomy, Pioneer's extensive field testing, and how they produce a more consistent yield. To subscribe to the Corn Revolution podcast, just go to cornrevolution.com and choose your preferred podcast service. Until next time, this is Matt Breckwald. Pioneer brand Chrome products and impact plot trials are discussed during this episode. Registrations, trademarks, and service marks are trademarks and service marks of DuPont, Dow AgriSciences, or Pioneer, and their affiliated companies or their respective owners. Copyright 2019 PHII. Pioneer brand products are provided subject to the terms and conditions of purchase, which are part of the labeling and purchase documents. Herculex Insect Protection Technology by Dow AgriSciences and Pioneer Hybrid. Herculex and the HX logo are registered trademarks of Dow AgriSciences LLC. YieldGuard, the YieldGuard corn borer design, and Roundup Ready are registered trademarks used under license from Monsanto Company. Liberty, Liberty Link, the water droplet design are trademarks of Bayer. AgriSure is a registered trademark of a Syngenta Group company. AgriSure technology incorporated into these seeds is commercialized under a license from Syngenta Crop Protection Ag.